I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. L.A. Dodgers up 1-0. 78% chance to win the series. Game two tonight. Dodgers a small favor. Jets, yep, 0-6. Against the spread and straight up. One of two teams this year. 0-6 against the spread. That hasn't happened since 2015. The second team, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, 0-6 against the spread. I think that Monday night tells us more than we thought. and It ain't good in Dallas. All that and more. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation in studio. Just like the pectoral muscles, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Steve Fezzik, only two-time Super Contest champion. Six and one last week on his seven picks. We'll have those on Friday. Today, though, bottom of the hour, looking at the biggest three games of the weekend. This is when we turn the corner, the first half of the show. We look back, we wrap up last week, and look forward to this week. Steelers, Titans going to be on that list. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're pros. He's a Joe. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got game two of the World Series coming up later on tonight and quarterback news in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. I believe, obviously, it's America's team. Obviously, there's a lot of drama, uh, infighting. Coaches can't coach. I believe, though, there's a real message in this about how we should be thinking about NFL teams and their cohesion, their chemistry. And I think, uh, you know, I love, they always say, if you teach a man to fish, he eats forever. Buy him a fish sandwich, he eats that day. Well, I'd, I want a fish sandwich. And I want some fish in the cooler. We're going to handle both now and the future. Yeah, it's been so, a rough start yeah, the, the season for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and uh, and Dallas uh, reports are coming out courtesy of Jane Slater of the NFL Network that anonymous Cowboy players are not happy with the coaching staff. One player was quoted as saying they're not very good at their job. That coming out of Dallas. Strong. But – I think it's an overreaction in regards to that being significant, really, in any way, meaning the comments. And here's why I think that. I think if you have a group of 60, 70 guys, I don't care if they're from the Boy Scouts, the church, the prison. You're going to have some bad people in that group. 
You, and when I say bad, I don't mean necessarily criminals. I mean, bad could be, hey, some uh, backstabbers. Hey, some ingrates. People that don't appreciate things. And then you're going to have some really good people. Once again, it's not about Dallas or another team. It's not about NFL football versus anything else. A right? lot of people that seemingly should be one thing or others and vice versa. Right? Watch the wire. The cops are bad sometimes, and the criminals have at least some character sometimes. And in any group, if you have millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars at stake and eventually billions, and things are going south, you're going to have some frustration, hypocrisy, hypercriticism, and all that. Now, when we hear it from Dallas... We think, oh, yeah, that's that culture. I remember Michael Irvin, he seemed like trouble way back when, and Jerry Jones fired Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, maybe. But if we would have wanted to tell a story about the New England Patriots and they had Fez as many COVID uh, opt-outs as anyone, right? Probably more in some way. Oh, absolutely. And you could say, well, now it did kind of work, the narrative. Well, Belichick's too hard, and they, they, they figure there's no chance to win no one. No. And chances are, it's everyone had their individual reasons, and that's why they sat out in New England. And oh, by the way, Dallas, it's easy to say, oh, look at those ingrates, look at those. Or it could be your narrative is Mike McCarthy. He, I, I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy, so Mike McCarthy, he's uh, bad. And look, now he's really bad. We're seeing that Aaron Rodgers was right. No, they're losing. The Dallas Cowboys are losing, and because of that, People are upset. You know why? Because there's a ton of money at stake. Okay, so let's get, in my opinion, away from the wrong way to look at this. Now, that's my opinion. I mean, history says that I'm right a vast majority of the time. Fez, would you say that's fair? Absolutely, especially when you bet against me. Well, and, that, and let's be honest, that is not the easiest way to win. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if I'm being right against you, that means I'm pretty right. That said, I could be wrong. Jonas, do you agree with me in general that what we're seeing out of Dallas is not about Dallas, it's about human nature? Yeah, that they're, that the Dallas Cowboys get a little bit more of the attention in the negative variety. When something like this happens in Dallas, it gets blown up more than it does in other places, no doubt about it. And also, it feels like that they want to say, oh, it's a product of the culture. Dallas doesn't have the discipline. It's not buttoned up. Wouldn't you say that? that, that in general, people yeah, look and whatever the foibles are of, of players, the, whatever their um, imperfections are, in Dallas, they seem to be pointed at more as in, in criticism. Yeah, there's the loosey-goosey approach. Uh, they look at Jerry Jones doing weekly hits on local radio, and it's not like that in other places. And this is just this is what the Dallas Cowboys are, for sure. Guys? Yeah, like Zeke fumbled twice and mentioned was that if you did that with Belichick, you'd find a spot on the bench. For the Cowboys, hey, things, these things happen. Just go back out, do the best you can. And the real story there might be the fact that Belichick won't pay a single back so much money. But if he did, would he bench him? He never benched Tom Brady. And Brady's had some bad, had bad games. Right? He was obviously has been a great player. So I think we're in general agreement there. But you know what we know? Is players 
are thinking about winning and their level of play as much, and let's be candid, more than fans. Fans are like, players don't care. Well, in the NFL, at least, every play is graded in a way that even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it wasn't. And it doesn't matter if it's a good team, a bad team. You could be on a three-win team, and it's week 16. You're getting graded. Every snap, they're giving you a grade. And in the end, they add those grades up, and there's a big number at the end or a small number. And you know what? Your contract's either a big number or a small number because of that grading. And Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, he says it all the time. And anyone that watched the Belichick stuff when he was young under Parcells, it was like, who's this guy? You know, 30 years old, telling Lawrence Taylor what to do. Like Lombardi said, if that guy, 30, 13, 103, if he can help that player play better, that means that player puts more money in his pocket Mm -hmm. and then he gets to buy another house. I mean, we forget about it. We think of these players just as this mass of humanity that's making all this money and they're lucky and we wish we were them. And some might be critical as in culturally they can't relate. But these are human beings. I know it's a show, you know, I had a little day, uh, episode on or whatever, but on ballers, it really does show you these are humans. And it's not like ballers is Shakespeare, but it was like, these guys are worried. Am I going to get one more year? Can I get one more contract? Is that knee injury going to cause me to not go between having a billion and a half a billion? It's between, do I have to work at a used car dealership? Or maybe, will I have enough money that my kid doesn't have to worry about money? All those considerations are literally what we're seeing played out here. They're double-talking and talking behind back because they think their contracts are going down the toilet. Mm. And if McCarthy was helping them play better, that means McCarthy would be helping the players make money and they'd be happy. And if he's not, they're unhappy. We know they're losing So what's happening? The money's going down, future money, and you know what? People are mad. And in a weird way, we should like that. Because what's our main lament? The players don't care. They don't care as much as the fans. Well, in the NBA, that might be true. There's guaranteed contracts, and even bad players are making huge money. There's only five players per team, or five starters, 12, whatever. Here... The people come and go. They're, you know, they're interchangeable, many of them. But you know what? That interchangeable person, that $4 million a year, $3 million, that's life-changing money. That extra year of that contract. And everyone on the Cowboys almost, meaning if you're Dak, if you're up at that highest level, maybe so, you know, Zeke, a better example, maybe not. Maybe so, maybe not. But for 95% plus of these players, when they lose, they're losing money from their pocket. And, Fez, we can speak to that, I think, pretty clearly. We say cold cash over hot takes because if we're wrong, we lose money. If some talking head on another show's wrong, I don't know. I don't think, I know they're not losing money. Maybe they're making money because they get more Twitter followers or whatever from their outrageous wrong takes. We got to be right. And you know what? The Cowboys and every NFL team wants to win because winning means money in their pocket. Thoughts. What's interesting to me is this division and what's left of it, because someone has to win, right? And Dallas, despite the t- absolute train wreck that has occurred, the Dallas Cowboys, RJ, they're projected to win six and a half games right now. That's their over-under? So for the rest of the—or their finished wins, 
they're either supposed to be six and ten or or seven and nines. The two is in between what they're saying are the two choices. Over under six and a half wins. Yes. And despite that, Dallas is the favorite to win the NFC East at minus one oh five right now. The Eagles the number two choice plus one fifty. So the Eagles over under for wins this season is less than six and a half? It's six. And what's the win on Washington and the Giants? They're at four, and their division odds are 10 to 1. And uh, was that the Giants or Washington? Both of them. Okay. So, Jonas, this is great. <laughs> I'm R.J. Bell. That's Steve Fezzik, straight out of Vegas. We are saying right now, Vegas is saying the most likely number of wins to finish the season for the teams in the NFC East, Dallas, six and a half. <laughs> Philly six, four for Washington, four for the Giants. Wow. Imagine if Dallas, there's a 50% chance they have less. You know, what we're saying is there's a 50% chance they have six or less wins, 50% chance they have seven or more. So there's a 50% chance that Dallas, that the division, literally the final standings could say six wins, six wins, four wins, four wins. <laughs> Oomph. <laughs> All right, anything you want to wrap on, Jonas? Well, I just the thought of a division winner still ending up with a top 10 or 12 pick in the draft is pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh, that's a good – now, are we sure they don't re, they do not do it from playoff seedings when they – I don't, when I don't se- I, I'm not sure. I got to look into that. But if you're if you're at six wins, I, mean, I, I actually – the more I think about it, I think it is division, they reseed it. But if you're at six wins normally, you're picking around 10th, 10th to 12th. Well, yeah, because eight wins is going to be 16th generally, yeah. right? So it could even be like, that's probably why they reseed them. Because imagine that, that the <laughs> Super Bowl winner, well, we know they do it for the Super Bowl winner, right? So they must do it for the playoffs. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to wrap up Dallas. Now, I kind of laid out what I think we should be thinking about, which is the reactions about the players' money, because winning and losing and how well they play is how they make the money. We should like that they care so much. Let's assume they do. What we saw Monday night, what does it mean for the future? By the way, Dallas has been bet against heavy this week. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into two teams in the NFL going in the wrong direction. One of the great questions in the history of the universe, can you make money from the New York Jets? In a few minutes, we're going to answer that. Great day to join Physics in. Matty Holt usually is, but... I don't think it's an official quarantine, but someone was feeling sick at his office. He got a little, you know, everyone got worried. So self-quarantine, perhaps. He'll be back next Wednesday. You can listen to us on 225 radio stations across the country. You can go to foxsportsradio.com and find out where those stations are. This is the fastest growing show on that network. Audiences double. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep this great football season going right here in Las Vegas, on the Strip, almost November, 87 degrees, the neon is pumping. So, RJ, there is one winless team remaining in the entire National Football League, and that team is none other than the New York Jets. But the Dallas Cowboys and the Jets are the two 0-6 
against the spread teams. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing. You might say, well, that happens a good bit. There hasn't been an 0-6 ATS team since 2015. So 16, 17, 18, 19, four years without an 0-6 team. We got two of them here. We talked about the Cowboys a good bit in the first segment. One last thing on Dallas, Fads, and I want to get your specific thoughts on this. When it comes to winning in the NFL, I think there's three factors. And I kind of am writing a little diagram at home on this, thinking about it. Number one is how good are you at your best? Meaning you get your sleep, you have your full practice, you're not distracted, go. All right? That's potential, we'll call it. Number two is what is your focus this week? So, for example, Kansas City's a team, massive potential, focus comes and goes. Hmm. Now, they've been pretty good on even winning the games they're not fully focused on, but still. Okay. And then finally, and I think the best way to call this is simply luck. Sometimes, and football has more luck than anything else, an interception, one turnover, 77% of the time a team that wins the turnover battle covers the spread. The spread is expectation. If you cover the spread, you've exceeded expectations. You lose against the spread, you've fallen short of expectations. Now think about that. We can say so-and-so is better than so-and-so, but if that so-and-so that's not as good literally gets one extra fumble, they're going to cover a lot. They're going to exceed expectations a lot. So the big three here, focus, talent, luck. How's that sound? I like that. I've never heard a list like that. No, I know. I'm, I'm thinking on this. Yeah. So every week, luck is just luck. And that's what we try to do. We say, oh, this team won. But they had two turnovers and this and that. And you might say, well, RJ, that's what the game is, not turn the ball over. There is a big element of the way the fumbles bounce, right? Fumble luck is a big thing. Tip passes. Aaron Rodgers' first pass that was intercepted, pick six, that wasn't luck. That was a bad play. Second one was tipped. It yes. could have fallen, and it might not have fallen into an interception. That can swing games. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. So what does that have to do with Dallas and then the Browns? Well, or, or check that, the Jets. I'm thinking of bad teams, I'm thinking of the Browns. <laughs> is the idea with Dallas was Monday night football, they had to focus. Because with Dallas last year, their stats said they were a 10-win team. The record said they were an 8-win team. Mm-hmm. Fez, you thought 10. But I said, Fez, maybe there's something about this Dallas team that tends to underperform stats because we know the Chargers have historically. The Patriots have overperformed. There's luck, and then there's the unseen talent maybe we don't really fully understand. But when a team tries their hardest and they can't win, then you're in trouble. Agreed. And wouldn't you agree? We were on Dallas. You loved the Cowboys. I did. I loved them. I think I said they were one of the five big best picks of the year. In fact, someone on Twitter reminded me of that. So, yes, I did say that. Okay. So, here's the question. <laughs> when they try that hard and they play that bad, it must mean that the talent, because it wasn't like, I mean, I know Zeke had two fumbles, 
I mean, they got beat worse than that than any bad luck, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Instead of losing thirty eight to ten, they would have lost thirty one to thirteen if he hadn't fumbled twice, right? I mean, that this was just a domination, and you nailed it. It was a great spot for Dallas. They were all in effort wise. But, but great spots—an old phrase that people mm-hmm. don't even hear. What we're saying is, the focus was there. The talent's always there. You bring the talent with you. The luck was what it was. You remove the luck. What's left is focus and talent. If we know they were focused, what's left is talent. This Dallas team is not talented. They don't have the potential to be a good team. Agreed. And they've got the sexy talent at wide receiver, and they got the big-name running back, but the O-line is decimated and that defense is horrible. So, Jonas, when you look at the Cowboys and we say, now that we've seen them focused, we know they're no good, as a fan, does that feel right? Yeah, it feels right. I also thought about last year. We kept blaming Jason Garrett for the troubles of the Cowboys, and he's the issue. And I had always heard that talent outweigh is more important than coaching, that if you have your choice between a great coach and a great player, you always take a great player. So if the roster was so great, why couldn't they overcome what was happening with Jason Garrett? And I just got the sense last year the roster was a little overrated, and this year it's glaring, and it showed up on Monday Night Football against Arizona. And when you overpay for individual positions, you end up being thin. And I think we're seeing Dallas had, and, and you could make the case Dallas healthy. They have the talent. I don't know. I know that I can only bet this team. I, I can't bet Jackie Robinson and the old Dodgers. I can only bet these Dodgers tonight. I can't bet some hypothetical Dallas team. But this one, we now know. Because until a team. And that's why in NBA playoffs, game three, when the team's down 0-2 is so important. When they lose that game, it's over. It's not just because it's 3-0. It's because they had all their focus and they still couldn't win. And thus, everyone kind of gives up on them. Dallas, this was like that game. They had all the focus against an overrated, I still think, Arizona team. Would you agree with that? Yes. I mean, if anything, this is going to make him more overrated. Yeah, because Kyler Murray himself is sexy, and it's just uh, the air (laughs) raid and the like, yes. (laughs) Anyone else sexy on Arizona? (laughs) No, just... No. <laughs> just, just, but how is he, Kyler Murray, compared to Jimmy G? Oh, he doesn't hold a candle to Jimmy G. <laughs> you, you notice his voice goes down another register, Jones? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable. Uh, All right. <laughs> Let's shift to the New York Jets. Jones, you're a pro at these things. Give us the little, like, hey, we're talking about the Jets in the Jonas voice. Well, yeah, we're talking about the Jets, and the Jets are a bad football team. The Jets uh, just uh, <laughs> said said bye-bye to Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold, we're not sure whether or not he's going to be playing again this week. Uh, Joe Flacco's their quarterback. And then you've got more and more of a push for Adam Gase to be out as head coach as the Jets remain winless on the season. I'm surprised you didn't mention Joe Namath at any point. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. All right. This is strong. Everybody, everybody, the sharpest of the sharps are wrong about the Jets. Or someone's got to explain it to me better than they have. Now, here is what I'm saying. Everybody is saying, I wouldn't bet the Jets with your money. Fez, you anxious to bet the Jets? No. (laughs) You Have you thought about the Jets this week? No. Betting on them? No, they're on the... Don't bet fly zone. So there's a zone which you don't <laughs> bet them, and then somehow there's a plane involved. <laughs> Jets, okay. yeah. Yeah, the jet, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the Fezzik. Okay. 
I'm saying that I'm going to tell you five different ways the Jets should be bet, probably, reasons, quickly. And I want to understand how this is different, the Jets this year, than the history I'm going to give you. So I'm just going to run through some. So, for example, let's start with this one. This is a shocker. So the Jets have lost three games in a row, plus their other games. Meaning, if you just look at their last three, they've lost three in a row. It doesn't matter. It's six in a row, 20 in a row. Last three, they've lost. Lost, lost, lost. In the last 11 seasons, that's happened 745 times. So, for example, if you have a four-game losing streak, you have two three-game losing streaks, right? Is the prior three, then you lose another one, then it's the three prior to that. Okay. During that time, this is the first team, the first team ever of the 745 to have won the turnover battle in all three games and still lost three in a row. No team has won the turnover battle, won it, won it, and went out, out, out. That's it. So think about it. 745 streaks of three losses, and the Jets are the only ones that had the benefit of winning the luck of the turnovers and still losing. So you might say, RJ, that, that, that's another reason to bet the Jets. You're crazy. That's a reason not to bet the Jets. No. What we're saying here is I know how bad the Jets are. There's no big debate about that. All right? But you know what? Are they the worst team ever? No. But there, you don't have them the lowest team in your power ratings ever, right? No, Miami was two and a half points worse. Miami just last year after week four. Miami, who might win the division this year, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So now let's look at the history of these really bad teams. So we talked about the Jets are 0-6 against the spread, 0-6 straight up. If you just have those two situations all right, in history, the next game – the team is 27 and 15 against the spread. So 64% if you just say 0 and 6, 0 and 6. Well, you don't get worse than 0 and 6 in six games and both ATS and straight up. So we were saying like almost two thirds of the time you're going to win if you bet on that horrible team. Why are the Jets different? What's different about it? Well, RJ, you might say, well, the Jets got shut out last time. Okay, NFL history. Doesn't matter what your record is, whatever. If you get shut out the next game, 55% against the spread, 119 and 96. You can go up and down the database. Every bad thing you can think of, shut out twice in a row, shut out and lost by 30 points, shut out and haven't won a game in a month. You can't come up with something that history doesn't say it makes the bet better the next time. Now, Fez. You've been up and down databases, true or not? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And some some of the databases, you know, you look at the trends and they don't make sense. So I love about this. This isn't data mined. This makes sense. No one wants to bet a team like this. So the point spread equalizer has to swing so far to entice anybody to bet on teams like this, right? So when you say data mining, you're meaning like saying, oh, left-handed quarterbacks east of the Mississippi with, you know, red hair. You're trying to find, you look at the data and massage. We're saying bad teams. Tell me how they're bad. Against the spread, okay. Straight up, okay. Shut out, okay. Lost by a lot of points, okay. It doesn't matter. The public overreacts. Even Steve Fezzik, the pro's pro, two time Super Contest champion, says they're on the don't bet list. 
Which is code for you're scared to bet him. Think of the flack I'm going to take on Friday if I take the Jets after well, on Wednesday saying I'm not. It's, <laughs> hey, it's a no it's a no bet zone. Now, what's interesting is he's saying that now because he now wants to take the Jets. <laughs> and he's going to act like it's part of some skit. Right. Yeah. No, Steve, you won't be taking the Jets. Now, I'm fighting for the Jets. Now, another thing you might say is, well, what about a winless team that's shut out? Okay, well, it's the first time since 2009 that that's happened. You know, after week six, a winless team 0-6 or worse shot out the week before. But you know what? It's 5-1 and one in the history of our database, 30-plus years. You cannot find me a scenario. In fact, I might actually challenge Jonas between now and tomorrow, come up with a scenario that's so bad that no way can you bet that team the next week. They're lost a bunch of games. They have an injury. They, no. Because the public always gets scared more than there's reason to be scared. There's a lot of reason, and I'm not talking about Casper here. There's a lot of reason to be scared of betting the Jets, but it's not as much as the market is pricing in. And what a price and it is. Just last week, you could bet the Jets-Buffalo game, and the Jets were catching 10. Well, Buffalo just looked like garbage against Kansas City, and now Buffalo's laying 13. Now, think about this. Last thing on this. Jets have three straight games that they're going to be like 40-some point dogs in aggregate. So against Miami, they were about 10 points. Like you said here, it's, uh, what, 13? Yes. And next week, Kansas City. 21. So historically, there's only it's one of the six or seven times there's been this kind of streak for a team. And we'll talk about that as the week progresses. So hate the Jets, laugh at the Jets, think they stink. Don't bet against them. History says you would lose money. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It's back to you guys. Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone. America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. More Jets. Well, kind of. Sam Darnold. All right. We know he's not very good. But here's the question. Baker Mayfield, every talking head show is talking about the Browns got to get away from Baker. Baker's below average. Jonas, who's better right now today, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Faz, what do you think? Yeah, Baker Mayfield. So why is it that Sam Darnold is seemingly getting a pass? And I get it. It's not like people are putting him up as a great quarterback anymore. But still... Why is it because of commercials? The guy got a few commercials and everyone's jealous? <laughs> I mean, is there any other reason we can identify? It said he's not a loudmouth. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't seem like what this is about. Little, everyone's a little personal animosity about Baker because he plant. I, listen, I'm an Ohio State grad. I don't like Baker all that much, planting a flag at Ohio State. All that said, Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Darnold, and you're not hearing about it. And you're not hearing about how bad Sam Darnold is. Baker, my number 24, number 30 quarterback is Darnold. You did that smooth, Faz. When we come back, (laughs) (laughs) World Series preview, betting style. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., game two of the World Series coming up later on tonight, a little over an hour from now. First pitch on Fox between the Rays and the Dodgers. Right now on pregame.com, L.A. is a minus 130 favorite. Yeah, that's not big. It's actually the typical favorite you'd have with a home team playing against an equal team. Fez, you believe the Dodgers in a bubble have a slight home field advantage. Yeah, the Dodgers have been in the park at Arlington for their last two series before this World Series. The so same hotel, got to see the sight lines, etc. Tampa Bay, this is only their second game. Anyone on that team has ever played in this brand new park advantage, Dodgers. And that's something that each game that passes will dissipate a little bit. It will lessen because Tampa Bay becomes more familiar. Exactly. Yes. But first game, second game. So this is something you tangibly consider as a factor in the game. Yes. By the way, for the series, 78% chance Dodgers advance. Jonas, I was shocked. Let's give Kershaw credit. And there's some stats out there. Kershaw had a really all-time type game in different ways. But the sixth inning, entering the sixth, Dodgers up six to one. Kershaw's had a nightmare in the sixth innings, and they leave Roberts leaves him out there. And it's like, what was the upside? It's not like you're going to vanquish these ghosts. They're not getting vanquished. Kershaw does not pitch well in the playoffs compared to the regular season. There's nothing he's going to do from here that will change that general narrative. So why expose him in the sixth to give up two or three runs or even lose the game? But we now know Roberts is not going to use the data. He's going to ignore the data no matter what it takes. He doesn't believe it, apparently. We're going to see Kershaw go deep in game batting, Fez. I want to take advantage. What do you think? I want to bet against Kershaw as he enters the sixth inning. Yes, especially with that leaky bullpen as well for the Dodgers. Even if it's not true, the fact that Kershaw's thinking about it hurts him. Jonas, we're going to whip through the three big games, though, in the All NFL. Right. And it's a tradition every single Wednesday, three biggest games in the NFL. We start in Tennessee, where the Titans are a one-point favorite, hosting the Steelers, that line courtesy of pregame.com. Oh, so the Titans are up to one. Steelers, as of even yesterday, Fez, were two-point favorites in the game. We call this the favorite flipped. <laughs> Absolutely. And the Titans, I don't agree with this, overrated 5-0, one right, four well, close games. You say, I don't agree with this. Titans are overrated. Now, you don't agree with what I you're saying? I don't agree with the money. Is this the other Fezzik? I don't agree with the money being bet on the Titans. So you like Pittsburgh here? Yes. And you think t- Tennessee overrated. Remember, first team to ever start 3-0 straight up and 0-3 against the spread. But Henry... And Tannehill, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Tannehill's playing as well as any quarterback. And I'm not talking about a couple games since he took the job over. Would you what, let me? What do you got, Tannehill, in your ratings? Number seven. With a bullet. With a bullet. The Seahawks are three point favorites at the Cardinals. What you got, Fess? Yeah, and Seattle is overrated. All they do is keep winning close Who's games. Who's underrated? Anyone? The Rams are underrated. Oh, you're wrong. Who's the Rams' wins over? Mm. NFC East, and, NFC yeah. East. The Rams have not won a game against any non-NFC East team. So you got to talk to me before you say those things, Fez. I will say this, though, in, in the Seattle game. And I agree, they're overrated, I think, because of the fact they've kicked so few field goals. And there's some luck in that, and that they've had so many touchdowns. This baby was up to three and a half on Monday. 
Seattle, and it's still three and a half. It was three last week. You'd think Seattle's on a bye. Arizona killed Dallas. Killed them. But somehow Seattle's been upgraded. I don't understand it. Finally, Sunday night football. The Bucks are three and a half point favorites at the Raiders. 20 seconds. Yeah, so Trent Brown, one of the linemen for the Raiders, COVID and all five starting linemen tracing, they have to get tested, could be a major issue for the Raiders in this game. You know, Jonas, if ever in the world we need someone to read the newspaper on air, I don't know if, <laughs> if, if you know any local shows. Or, is this like, let's give us your professional analysis. Well, let me go back to the USA Today here. Uh, the AP says, Fez, I mean, thank you so much for that. Any insight on it? Well, previously, I'd like the no Raiders. No time. No time. Thank you, Jonas. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and, as always, on the iHeart Radio app. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas! 